she popped up at the General Hospital. Is it called General Hospital? It is called General Hospital. Welcome back to Generally Not at a Hospital. I'm Julia. I've seen so much General Hospital in my life. And I'm Claire. I'm the other one. This was the episode from Thursday, April 30th. There was a lot of moving parts in this episode. There was a lot of newer stuff. I guess not newer stuff. A lot of going back to storylines I'd almost forgotten about. Yeah. Characters I almost forgot about. It feels like it's been the Michael and Willow and Chase and Sasha show for a very long time. Yes. And so seeing some characters, it was good to see them. There were ones I liked in there. Hello, Portia. But, um... I forgot there's so much else going on, on on the show other than Wiley's fate. Yes. So, and then there was some brand new stuff for me, or at least brand new perspective on things. So yeah, lots of moving parts. That's a very fair assessment. Um, and a new character. Yeah. So I, I, we've talked about this person for a while. It's just also, it's been a while. Um, I guess Christina was the last new person I met. Um, a couple episodes ago. Mm-hmm. So it's it's nice to have an unfamiliar face every now and again to mix it up. Um, okay, ready to jump yeah. in? Okay. So basically right off the bat, Joss walks in with a stranger. And I was like, hi, Dev. It must be Dev. Um, so um, Sunny and Joss and Dev and Brando have a little powwow. Um, uh, we'll get into what Sunny tells them later, but... I just want to note that Joss seems very unimpressed by Brando. Yeah. Like, she's like, oh, I guess you're here now. So I don't know if that's, if they have any kind of dynamic in place. But um, just a tiny, tiny, tiny little note. Um, Joss, Jocelyn honestly seems very unimpressed with most people, though. Yeah. Because she did a whole eye roll thing at Nina. She's got her close, like, close group and then doesn't seem too concerned with other people. I really wish that you had seen some of Joss before she got sore assed. Mm. She was on the show for a while, like as like maybe an eight or ten year old, um, with a different actor playing her obviously. And she was so sassy and so snarky. And honestly, I, when when she first got sore assed, I was like, Oh, she's lost mm. any and all spark and fire. And and I think she's found it again a little bit but she was like a firecracker when she was little i guess i've primarily seen her with people she really gets along with yeah maybe because she's under house arrest (laughs) um apparently but um i'd love to see her kind of with some characters she doesn't like or doesn't know as well because i i like i enjoy the little tidbits little little snack little tidbits of, of sassy jocelyn um um, Elizabeth is at the hospital with Cameron, um, after a therapy session with not Neil, because he got, um, he lost his license. Correct. I just put that together. I was like, I wonder why they switched therapists. And then Trina comes up, um, Brooklyn walks into Julian's bar, and he's like, I want you out of here. So the whole first couple, um, cold opens, I'm like, wow, we haven't seen any of these storylines in a while. Like, it's been a while since we checked in with the teenagers, um, Brando was floating in another storyline, not really doing much. Elizabeth and Cameron we haven't seen. So, um, that was cool. Um, and then the other cold opens are rehashings of, I need a, a faster way to say this, but the, the Michael and Sasha and Chase and Willow show, oh. <laughs> whatever that is. We saw Chase and Willow talking. We saw Michael and Nell talking. And we saw Carly and Sasha talking. Yes. 
So we're not losing sight of the quartet, but we're introducing some other things. Um, so, okay, so Sunny tells Joss and Dev and Brando, who's just kind of there again, that the situation has been addressed. You can leave the house and go back to normal. Um, Dev apparently has been cooped up in like a small room, not going anywhere, because he hasn't interacted with anyone. But Jocelyn's kind of been roaming all over town with a guard, I guess. Yeah. So I thought that was funny. And then he says that Brando was free to go back to Chicago, which is very funny to me. What I feel like I'm missing here is, like, is the situation resolved? Well, that's my note. Okay, this, this, this episode is kind of choppy, so I'm going to jump ahead just to the next scene. But, because he's like, hey, no worries, the situation is totally resolved. Go out and about. So my thought is... Is he using his children as bait? No. Because the situation is clearly not resolved with Cyrus Renault. He's still out there. He seems to be pretending that it's not for some reason. And telling the children and Brando that they can go out. But we know it's not resolved. Right. I don't know. Maybe he's just being optimistic. Sonny wouldn't intentionally put his children in harm's way or use them as bait. Yeah. Is Dev's not... But Dev isn't his child. He found him in Europe, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it seems like he's setting... He seems... It doesn't seem like he would just say that and assume things will be just fine and peachy. It seems like he's plotting something. Which well, is, not for the children. But maybe, maybe leveraging them to help somehow. I don't... I think we're... I don't think the situation has, is as resolved as Sunny thinks it is, but I don't think he's setting up the children as bait. I think you might be reading a it, little too much just, into that. It just seems very odd, because the last time we saw him, he was literally meeting with Cyrus Renault. They freaked out. There were threats. There was a sniper. And then he's like, oh, it's all good. So maybe in the next episode, Sunny, it'll be revealed that like Sunny sent Jason to kill Cyrus Renault or something. I, I don't True. think he's setting up Carly's I, daughter as I, bait. I just could not figure out. This seemed this scene seemed to be like it all, it's all resolved. Right. No, I, I mean I'm with you. I, I think that's not a hundred percent accurate. Yeah. But I, I was, don't I don't think it's accurate. I just could not think of any other explanation. So I would be delighted to see yeah. what the explanation is. Okay. Um also Brando's from Chicago. I just think that's very funny. Um, okay, so we're seeing characters that I've met but don't know a lot about. So Elizabeth and Cameron and Trina are in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And Trina says, bye, Mrs. Baldwin. And I did a total, like, like cartoon, like, whoa, 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 what? Because you keep referencing Laura used to be married to Scotty Baldwin. Yes. And that's the only context for that name that I know. So Mrs. Baldwin, Scotty Baldwin, is that Franco's last name? Because she's married to Franco? I have absolutely no idea. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe that... You connected those dots. Because <laughs> Scotty, I love, I love Scotty Baldwin. He's not around a lot. You haven't met him. So I'm surprised that you remembered enough to connect that name. You, you've referenced, you keep referencing that before Luke, Laura was married, famously married to Scotty Baldwin, which is just a name that means nothing to me. Right. But, so was that, did I piece, is any of that real? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, huh. Okay. So remember how Franco used to think he was Jason's twin. Yes. Which he is not. Drew is, we later learned. Um, but it turned out that 
Franco and Drew had, like, grown up together for a bit, which, they, which, which was a retcon which doesn't make any sense because, anyway, I'm not going to get sidetracked. The point is, um, Franco then was revealed to not be related to Jason. This is before the whole Drew thing. And they had to come up with some, uh, uh, you know, retconned parentage reveal. So they set up that his mother was a woman named Heather Weber. Okay. <clears throat> who you have obviously have not met. Um, she was at one time married to Elizabeth's father, which is why her last name was Weber, because that was Elizabeth's name. Um, but then it turned out that his father was Scotty Baldwin. Oh. So he, at some point, because he, he was going by just the name Franco by itself, and then I think maybe he... Oh, been, he didn't go by James Franco? I thought that was his name. No, he just went by the, by Franco. Oh. And then it was, I think it was a reveal that he'd grown up under the name, like, Robert Frank, and then Franco was, like, his artisty, you know, stage name or some bullshit. Um, and then at some point after his parentage reveal, he started going by Franco Baldwin, um, which is why that's now Elizabeth's name. But the reason I mentioned, like, Heather Weber being married to Elizabeth's dad is because she has a son with someone else named Steve. So Franco and Elizabeth share a half-brother. And then they're married. And now they're married. So from that person's perspective... His two siblings married each other. Correct. I understand that's not weird, but it's weird. Yeah, it is. They've also, I don't think, ever addressed it on the show because he's been off the show for a while. Mm. So I don't, I literally don't know if, if Liz and Franco have ever acknowledged that they share a sibling, um, but they do. And um, Scotty Baldwin, who's Franco's dad, uh, has, has like five kids. I think two of them are dead and then the other two don't live in town, but Franco um, and Scotty... Um, are, are now have a relationship. So I wouldn't be surprised if he does pop back in. Um, he's like kind of on and off uh, on the show right now. I, I can't believe I guessed all that. Yeah. Kind of. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a sense of how it works maybe. Sure. That people are related. Everyone. Everyone, Everyone is related. related. Um, but the only other takeaway from that scene is we, we go into a flashback when they kissed. So the Elizabeth's, Elizabeth's last name being Baldwin was my main takeaway, but then we go into a flashback of Trina and Cam kissing, so the kiss is on their minds. That's probably what they're going to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we stay in the hospital, and Elizabeth goes to hang out with Portia. And I just wrote, hi, Portia, with 20 million exclamation marks because I'm very excited to see her again. I missed her. I wanted to know what she's been up to, and she's been up to some amazing professional development. <laughs> this is not a dramatic storyline or really connected to anything soapy at all. She's just going to put her name forward to be the new head of internal medicine and advance her career, and she's doing it carefully and professionally by asking Elizabeth her opinions and seeking her advice as a head nurse or a tenured nurse or something. And Elizabeth... Um, there's a dramatic moment when Elizabeth has to go work and do something else. And then she comes back and she was like, all the nurses love you. You've made your mark in the time you've been here. You'd be a great candidate. So Portia is just crushing it. 
professionally and is going to get a promotion and I'm so happy for her and everything's going great for Portia. She's not involved in any of this nonsense. That's all. (laughs) Okay, so then we go to the bar with Julian and Brooklyn and I don't really care for either of these characters. So this scene was, I thought it was going to be like, I wouldn't care about it, but it was bananas. (laughs) Okay, so first... Brooklyn is like, I could sue you for manhandling my cell phone or something, which is absurd. And then Brooklyn, I'm realizing, is a, at least in this episode, is just a strange exposition spouting machine. I think that's just her thing. Because remember, she was the one, like, episodes ago where um, she just laid out, like, all of her Lulu's history or whatever for Dustin. Yeah. Just told him everything. I was just like, you're so helpful. Yeah. And informative. She, she, like, sort of has a personality happening, but it's mostly just, like, exposition after exposition after exposition. And the only other time we've seen her not do this is when she was visiting Mike at the hospital. Yeah. So after that scene, I was like, maybe I misjudged Brooklyn. Or, like, there's more to her. But she just kind of goes right back to it. So... It's just the first of many things. She blackmailed Julian into strong-arming her producer. I don't know what that means. She says, Haha, so you admitted, Julian. You knew that the baby Lucas adopted was really Michael's. So none of this is, like, groundbreaking for right. me yet. Um, but the stuff later on is... is It's a new perspective. It's like Lucas's perspective on everything. Yeah. So it's very interesting. Um... Michael and Nell meet each other in the park, and Nell offers Michael probably the dumbest deal of all time. I don't know if Nell is all that bright. She's like, I'm going to give you the best deal of all time. I'll get full custody. You get to see him every other weekend, and your grandmothers don't lose their jobs. And he's like, no. And she's like, fine, you missed out. So I'm not sure what's happening there. Um, I I think it's... I don't know if she's actually stupid or if it's just, like, plausible deniability. Like, well, I offered him a deal. Like, he's the one who's not compromising. It's, I think, so she can sort of hold on to the delusion that, you know, everyone's just conspiring against her and she's doing her best. And I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how much of it is self-delusion and how much of it is scheming and how much of it is idiocy. I mean, her scenes with, like, Carly and with Nina, she kind of revealed some of what she was actually going through and the stuff with like it's just posturing with Michael and Willow and Sasha and all this stuff it's just like throwing out things that are going to be hurtful seeing what sticks what doesn't um it doesn't seem like super driven um um okay so then we go to Carly confronting Sasha at the bar and I got really excited because Sasha is like not even telling her story she's like this between me and Michael and Carly keeps pushing her, and Sasha kind of does the whole spiel again about how, well, I didn't want an Insta family, and Michael needed someone better than me, and she referenced the line that always stood out to me when um, Diane, the lawyer, just offhandedly said, well, of course you can never marry Sasha, because that would be bad for the custody suit, that I thought was just so intense and insane, no one commented on it. Sasha referenced that line after episodes and episodes, saying, and so she's saying to to. Carly like all that hurt my feelings and drove me to chase and Carly looks at her and I was like yes Carly figure it out like Finn I was hoping and crossing my fingers and getting so excited and then she did and it was so good and it's so good 
Um, um, so we'll, we'll get to that scene. Um, Cam and Trina check in, and Cam is hardcore avoiding talking about the kiss, but Trina's like, let's be open and just talk about it and get it all on the table so we can move on. And she's open, and she's good about honest communication, and I just love She's her mother's daughter. Well, honest communication... She's fooling Mostly her, honest. She's fooling herself. Yes. But she wants to talk through it. That, that's... Yes, that much is true. Um, I'm still a little unclear where Cam actually stands. Well... But he doesn't know, I think. No, and they're... It's, they're all being very careful with their feelings. Yeah, it's, it's very, very cute. cute. But, like, the, the next scene, basically, he's like, yeah, we're good. And, well, she's like... We're good, so you can um, get together with Joss if you want, because I know you like her. And he's like, oh, I'm glad we're good, because we're such good friends. Um, and I used to like Joss, but we're, ju- we're just going to be friends. So, like, they're, like, he's not saying I like you. She's not saying I like you. They're, they're talking about their, their dynamic through Joss. Yeah. And both agreeing they really are good friends with Joss. And Trina's convinced he likes Joss, and he's telling her he doesn't, but they're not taking the next steps in that conversation. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's like a fraction of a baby step. Yes, yes. Um, okay, so, back to Julian and Brooklyn, because these were the most confusing sequences. So, Brooklyn is like, okay, so Brooklyn's talking to Julian. Yeah. Brooklyn says, you tried to cover your tracks with Brad, so you cut his brakes. You put Lucas in that coma, Lucas is Julian's son, question mark. And then, and then because of all that, is hiding Michael's son from him for a year. And then Brooklyn's like, you made poor Willow jump through all these hoops. Does Brooklyn know Willow? Is she close to Willow? You tried to kill, Brooklyn continues, you tried to kill Brad. And then she threatens him with a hit from her uncle, Sonny. So what the fuck is happening? Okay. Primarily, my primary confusion, because yeah. all those plot pieces either I'm familiar with or I can put together because I know Brad and Lucas had car trouble at one point or whatever. But, like, how do Brooklyn and Julian tie into this? Okay. So, I promise you we've already talked about this, but there's a lot to remember, so understandable. Lucas... Oh, was adopted. Yes. By... Bobby. Uh Uh-huh. And whoever her husband is. Tony Jones. Tony Jones. His biological parents are a woman named Cheryl, who is not on the show, and... Julian. Julian. Okay. Yes. So, Julian, when he reappeared a handful of years ago, tried to establish relationships with his adult children. Let me guess. Sam? Mm Mm-hmm. Lucas? Yes. And that's all? Yes. Okay, I wasn't sure. Um, it... It did. It went okay with Sam at first, and then deteriorated, and it basically never really went that great with Lucas. I think they had a couple of moments, but Lucas was a little bit like, mm, "You're in the mob. No thanks." Um, and I remember you telling me that Julian was one of the few people not directly involved who knew about the baby swap. Correct. So he was trying to cover his tracks with Brad because Brad did it, and Julian yes. knew about it. And Brad knew that Julian knew. Okay. So he didn't want. Brad to expose that he also knew. Okay. Because that would completely demolish any semblance of a relationship he maybe kind of has with Lucas now. Okay. So, uh, like, yeah. it was just these, like, 
pieces of how they fit in. Because even the car crash, I remember because that's when Willow took care of Wiley. Yes. When they were incapacitated. Um, so I guess my question is, is Brooklyn really good friends with Lucas? I think so. So this was before my time, but Lucas, when he was on the show before, so he came back to the show a few years ago. He had been gone for a long time, like out of town or whatever. And before that, he and like Brooklyn and a few other characters were like the teen mm. crowd. Um, okay. Like, you know, Joss and Cam and Trina are now. And I think they were good friends when they were teenagers. But I'm not okay. positive because I wasn't really watching then. Um, but I think that's what Brooklyn was talking about. Like, she and Lucas were friends when they were young. Okay. I don't know that she knows Willow all that well, but she came back to the show when I wasn't really watching. Okay. So I, I or, assume they know each other at least peripherally. Or at least is aware of what Willow went through. Yeah. I just, I just like, want to track for you why this is such a confusing scene for me. Yeah. Because I haven't seen Lucas since literally the first episode we ever watched. Oh, yeah. Was that the first episode? It was, it was the very first episode. One of the first scenes in the first episode. So I had to be reminded multiple times who that was and how right. it was connected. So him and Brad are just these, like... And you've never met Brad. I've never met Brad. So they're just these, like, names to me. Right. And then Brooklyn, I saw Fight with Lulu once and hang out with Mike once. Mm-hmm. And Julian, I guess I know is Sam's dad. And now that you reminded me, is Lucas's dad, but that means nothing. I saw him pick up Alexis once and then yell at Neil. And have a one-night stand with, uh, and, Brit. with Brit. Or, or a Friends with Benefits thing with Brit. Right. So then, so I'm like, okay. I have a handle on these two characters. They've done a couple things here and there. Seeing them together, talking about the story I know really well, was just kind of a mindfuck. Yeah. Because I was, ah. And then, I guess I remember that Brooklyn, or Brooklyn, her uncle is Sunny. Not biologically. Family 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 friends. friends. Okay. But it's threatening a hit, throwing his name around. I was just like, too much. Um, So, but it it was good. This is, it's been a while since my brain was, completely melted in that way um because I had so many pieces but I couldn't quite make them fit um okay that was good um all right then back to Carly and Sasha I'm so so proud of Carly because she Sasha kind of lets out all this stuff about Diane and you know I was driven to chase because of this and then Carly who's coming very strong very mama bear kind of looks at her and is like hey a few weeks ago you told me you wanted Michael to marry Willow and Sasha's like yeah, because I felt guilty. And Carly was like, no, you didn't sleep with Chase. You want, you just want Michael to think you did. And I just like, I love you, Carly. Like, I love, love, love that Carly and Finn and now Carly figured it out. Because that was my prediction, was that Michael and Willow wouldn't even believe them. They're too close. Too close. And too, they're all dumb. But <laughs> yeah. I really, really like that. The only other people who've heard the story that care, because like Nina's like whatever and Nell's like yes. But the only other people who care about these four immediately see through it. It makes me very happy. Um, yeah. and, and I love, because Carly, Carly's been a, been a schemer in her day, and I love that she, like, recognized that yes. in Sasha. Uh-huh. And she was all prepared. She had this, like, warning about, like, do you really love my, in the past, like, do you really love my son? Are you still going to be deceitful like you were with Nina? And at, on the surface, it looks like Sasha fulfilled that, that fear in Carly, but Carly, like, was able to pivot and recognize it. And, oh, so good. Which um, is, I, I was really, I was really glad too because Carly can be very stubborn, and it it can sometimes take a long time 
for her to come around on somebody that she has decided not to like. Um, so I'm glad that she didn't get too deep in her, like, you've hurt my son mode to recognize what was going on. Well, I wonder if she came in with that in the back of her head, even. Oh, um, maybe. Because she seemed to get there on her own very quickly. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, that was fantastic. Um, and I think it's lovely, like, there's probably nothing Sasha could have done to cement her to cement Carly's respect for her more yeah. or like redeem herself more. Like look, it's, it's, it's in the wrap up of that sequence, but it was lovely. Um, there's a couple scenes with like Willow and Chase flashbacks and present stuff. Um, and I just wrote Chase is a dumbass. I hate everyone except Carly and Finn. Um, um, Portia is brilliant and competent and earned the respect of all the nurses. That's all. <laughs> Um, real quick with Trina and Cameron, and then we get back to the main ones. So Trina's so cute. She was researching PTSD to justify why kissing a boy she likes was not real, yeah. <laughs> which is very cute. Bless her heart. So she's telling Cameron it didn't mean anything because of the PTSD. Um, and she's trying to make sure Cameron still has a chance at Jocelyn. Very cute. And then Cameron says, you're the best, Trina. And she just goes, duh. Adorable. Okay, um, Julian and Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn pivots very quickly into saying, oh, never mind, I'm not going to tell Sunny after all, because she doesn't want to blow up Lucas's life. So I'm like, okay, she and Lucas are friends. Yeah. Um, and then Dustin walks in, boring, boring, boring. Well, okay, here's what's so annoying, is I thought it was going to be Lucas walking up, which would have been oh. much more interesting, much more relevant, and again, oh, because Lucas, because Lucas doesn't know Julian knows all this stuff. Correct. Right. Yeah, that's why she doesn't want to blow up Lucas's life. She doesn't want him to find out about, it. like that Julian knew. Right. And that does wait. Lucas knows that Brad did it, right? Because Brad's yes. in. Where's Brad? Is he in jail? jail? Oh, okay. He's okay. in jail. Okay. Yeah, Lucas definitely knows that Brad did that. Okay. Um, but Dustin, who cares if he knows? Yeah. This? Who the fuck cares? He's a Dustin's nothing person. Boring. Okay. So teenagers, Dustin. That's whatever. That's the side dish. The meat and potatoes, Carly and Sasha. Um, so Carly's like, Carly's very cute. She's like, don't confirm it because then I'd have to tell Michael. Yeah. But then talks on and on. So she's like, yeah, someone who would do something like that, who would sacrifice their own happiness for Michael and Wiley just to keep him away from Nell. Like, she's like, okay, she loves Sasha now. She knows she has her priorities straight. And, Carl, and like Carly literally is like, man, I would really admire a woman who could do that. And then like saunters away with like an amazing look on her face and it's so good it's it's really nice too because carly has not been fond of most of michael's love interests she's very protective um so so it's kind of nice to see her having this like real true like deep-rooted respect for sasha and what she's willing to do for michael yeah it's really lovely and like i i think it's interesting because she was very taken in by Nell initially and like probably feels like she really has to vet Michael's partners and that's why she came down so hard on Sasha in the past and now like and now she's not only like okay now she admires Sasha and is like trusts her but like there's no way that Finn and Carly are gonna let this all play out the way they intend they're gonna fix it I don't know Finn maybe but Carly seemed 
like, you've done the right thing, and that's why I respect you, and she's going to help them make sure that this plan works, is the vibe I was getting. Well, sure, but after it... Well, like, priority number one for everyone, of course, get Michael full custody of Wiley. Right. So once that's done with, she can play matchmaker a little bit and fix everything. Maybe. We'll have to see. They keep talking as if this scheme is a long-term one, because, you know, if things come out and it was all, like, revealed that could, you know, Neil... Nell could take him back to court, right? That's why he, he was saying, like, it's, it's indefinite how long I would have to be married to Willow when they were throwing that idea around. Right, but since the cheating thing came up, Willow and Michael haven't talked about getting married at all. It's cute that you think that's not going to come back up. I know, it, I'm, I'm sure it will, but yeah. that's not right where their minds went. They're in, too busy in the park hitting trees with sticks, which I have some things to say about. Um, but... Um, I don't know, like, everyone, I just, the stakes are so strange for me because I don't understand how Nell has a leg to stand on in court, so this all seems like a lot of hysterics for nothing, but we'll see. Okay, so, back to the bar. So, Dustin, whatever person, walks in, and he does the thing that, like, do you remember a couple episodes ago ago when TJ overheard something super dramatic and then was like, hey guys, and didn't ask about it? Dustin walks right up and is like, did I hear something about a dirty little secret? And I was like, okay, Dustin. None of your fucking business, Dustin. And then Brooklyn makes up something dumb. But she says the weirdest thing of all time for this show. Uh Uh-huh. Because A, I've never heard this phrase before, and B, it applies to absolutely everyone in this goddamn universe. So she just starts going into like, oh, Julian and I are what's known as shirt tail relations, we're not related, but we're connected through a lot of people. That's that's everyone. What is she talking about? I don't know. I've also never heard that expression. That's the weirdest possible thing to say because that's such a meta thing for a soap opera character to say because yeah. that's all we talk about is yeah. how, oh, they're not related, but they share a half-sibling. Or they're not related, but their parents were married and then they dated each other's whatever. Like, all these people... I'm telling you like you don't know this. They're all interconnected. So that's such a meaningless thing to say. (laughs) Uh, What? What? What the actual fuck? What? What? Who wrote that line? What were they intending to to come across? Why did she say that? I just like basically had like a manic laughing attack because that's such a wild thing. What I found funny about that besides, you know, all of that, which, you know, cosine, is that the, like, primary example she gave of the way they're all connected is that she's friends with his son? The perhaps more, like, direct or, like, actual connection, arguably, is that her father is married to Olivia... Remember her father, Ned? Mm-hmm. He's married to Olivia. Uh-huh. And Olivia has a son with Julian. Who is... You met him once at the birthday party. He was running around. Oh, a small one. Small one. A, a small, small child. One. Um, Leo? Yeah, Leo. So her sort of stepbrother 
is Julian's son. That's harder to explain. It is, but it's, it's, that's an actual connection. You being friends, like, you knowing your friend's parent, that doesn't make you a shirt tail relation or whatever right. phrase she used. The, the, rela- just, the relation is my stepmother's son's father. Yeah. That's at least you can track that. Right. Um, but just, and like, yeah. and then she goes even deeper into a weird connection. Cause then, so first she says, his son is my friend. She doesn't do the thing you said, which is a real connection. She starts going on about when Julian first came to town, I never knew that um, he was Lucas's biological father. So we met and he thought I was a hooker and he propositioned me. So I haven't mentioned the incident to Lucas. So that's the deep, dark secret that they try to play off for Dustin. So she just spouts more weird exposition to cover the other exposition she doesn't want to tell Dustin about the baby. I mean, that's also probably true. Oh, no, I know. She's just spouting off this, like, background that's so irrelevant. And Dustin's like, I thought we were going to write some songs, not, like, delve into this connection to the bartender. (laughs) That, that was, I'm sorry, that was just bonkers. I know I'm freaking out, and it's probably all fine. I need to calm down. But it was just, that was the weirdest Thing for any character to ever say. Yeah. She's weird. In all time. Um, okay. So, uh, I have a, oh, Chase and Sasha, um, sit down and talk. They don't bring it up. They bring it up later. But, like, by the way, Finn and Carly saw right through us. Maybe this is all gonna come crumbling down. Um, I don't care about Brando, so I'm gonna skip that note. Um, you don't care about Brando, your horse man. I, well, he didn't talk about horses. He just talked about Chicago and having free will. So yeah. I'm, that's fine. Okay. Um, the teenagers, all four of the teenagers, meet up. Super cute. Um, Dev and Joss interrupt the awkwardest hug of all time. Yeah. From Tina, T- Trina, and Cameron, and then J- Jocelyn does the soap opera thing of like, have we interrupted something? Dun dun dun, and then Trina and Cameron. And we just saw the scene with Brooklyn, but they do the same thing. They immediately go into an elaborate lie about why they were hugging <laughs> to avoid just saying, like, we had a good talk and hugged it out. They were like, I don't even remember, like, Cameron was worried about something with his soccer coach, so we had to hug about it or something. It was very strange, and it was a lot of babbling, and it was very funny. Because they're, they're still, like, baby soap people. They don't fully, they're not fully entrenched in what being an adult soap person is, which is constantly lying and being overheard and swapping babies. Yes. Um, okay, so, um, kind of wrapping up towards the end now, um, Nell goes to confront Carly. Nell is just hopping around from person to person recently. Um, Nell says kind of what you said. She's playing like, oh, well, I offered a deal to Michael. I was hoping to avoid all this warfare, but Michael was combative, so I'm going to tell the court about that. I'm just like, you don't go to family court and detail every argument you've ever had with your ex. That's not how it works. Of course you're combative. Your ex-partner is fighting over a child. But then it was amazing because... Um, like, And then Nell tries this other weird tactic where she's like, Okay, well, because Carly's like, I don't care about that. And Nell's like, don't you care that Michael, the son that you raised, is treating me badly? And I was like, that's a weird approach, but whatever. And Carly's just like, let me put it this way. I've got a good feeling about family court. And, like, smirks and walks away. So Carly keeps having these amazing, like, drop-the-mic moments in this episode. Which is very, very good. 
Um, Chase and Sasha. Oh my god. Okay. Chase is very good playing off Finn. With Sasha, he's just very maudlin. He has this whole speech about how he thought he'd feel better because he did the right thing, but he feels bad. And I'm like, okay, shut up. Um, Willow and Michael are in the park, though, and this is slightly more interesting because Willow starts saying how she blames herself for letting Nell get to her and pushing Chase away, which is a whole reach of, like, like where she's putting the blame. But then... Michael's like, here, take this big stick <laughs> and hit this tree and pretend it's Nell. And I was like, that's silly. And then I was like, oh, they're trying to play this as dramatic because they have Willow kind of screaming at the tree. And then ominous music starts. Yeah. And, I noticed that too. And like the dramatic, making it a dramatic hitting of the tree moment like did not land. No. So I thought it was going to be kind of silly or like, like a like a or like a fun moment like but it didn't do that at all no so that was strange it it also i think she said like oh i hope no one sees that and then the music got ominous and i was like oh cool 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 someone's recording this yeah yeah but that's they're absolutely setting that up and i don't even understand like there's nothing wrong with hitting a tree with a stick if you really want to Nell's not there because she left the park and right. went back to talk, talk to Carly. Carly. Um, so I'm not sure what they're doing there because that Reaching. seems very odd. Um, um, okay, Sunny and Brando keep talking. It's so boring and so repetitive. I thought Molly was going to come up, but she didn't. I wrote, like, I hope he's not staying because of Molly. Probably. But all Sunny's like, you're free to go, and... Brando starts talking about why he wants to say, and Sunny basically is just like, do whatever you want, I literally don't care. Yeah. Because Brando's like, maybe I'll stay and have free will, and I didn't like it when you told me to stay, but now I'm going to stay, and Sunny's like, I don't know, it looked like a bored face, but I was bored, so I just probably projected that Sunny was bored. Um, um, okay, so it's Teenagers at the Hospital again. They're on a completely different show. Yeah. Um, because, like, they're, ha- they're like, happy and cheerful that house arrest is over. They're going to go see a movie. Um, Jocelyn is like, wow, Trina, you and Cam both seem really happy. And Trina's like, yeah, I do. And then my best friend is out of house arrest. Things are looking up. And literally, like, happy, like, elevator music plays as they, like, march happily off to the movies. Like, they're just happy and pure, and they're on some kind of different, like, like teenager show. Yeah. Nothing can hurt them right now. It's very cute. Um, traditionally, not always, but traditionally the sort of summertime, which we're, we're getting close to, is like when the teens will have like big stories. Mm. Um, so, I mean, they're laying some groundwork, obviously not like really anything happened today, but I think we might see a little bit of a ramp up in their storyline in the next month. Yeah. I'd like to learn anything about Dev (laughs) at all. Um, do we know where from Europe he's from? I, I would have to look it up. I don't remember offhand. Because I thought maybe I got the country wrong and he was, like, from Canada or something because he seemed to speak with no accent. But then he didn't know the term chick flick. So yeah. that's all I know about Dev. He's unfamiliar with the term chick flick. Um, so uh, Willow tells... No. Oh, sorry. Sasha and Chase are still hanging out being sad. Um, Sasha tells Chase that Carly figured it out and she thinks we're doing the right thing. 
which is cool. And Chase is like, yeah, I know. That's why we did it. And it's like all angsty. And they start drinking or he gets her a drink. And I'm like, go. And I was just like, don't get drunk together, guys. Like, that's not probably a good idea. And Chase just kind of stomps away. And there's a very dramatic close up of Sasha with like her eyes filling with tears and her trembling. And I was like, oh no. So they be, babe. Michael and Willow are sort of working out their feelings productively with a stick or something. They seem stable. Chase and Sasha seem like right on the verge of something really bad, yeah. um, which is weird to me because they both now have kind of a support in Finn and then in Carly. If not someone they can talk to or that they're very close with, they have someone telling them, okay, you're kind of dumb, but you did something really good here, or at least for with good intentions. But they seem very, very, they seem like they're spiraling. Yeah. Um, they're kind of morons, it's fine. So I'm worried about them. And then, okay, like you were saying, then the dramatic thing for Michael and Willow is, what if someone saw that? And then the music is really ominous and it's freaking me out. And I guess it's poor Charles, so there's always someone around the corner watching. So if someone saw it. But again, like, I don't know quite what they could extrapolate from that, but... They're, they're, the, the Willow and Chase and Michael and Sasha show had is, is had some really good moments like of connection and people supporting them and figuring it out. But then we end with like real ominous tree stuff and real ominous apartment stuff. So Well, I think clearly someone not only saw them beating up the tree, but probably recorded it. Michael and Willow are going to end up getting married, which means Willow is going to become relevant to the custody battle, which means that video footage is going to become relevant to the custody battle. But, I mean, they were just on a cute, fun, part-time date, hitting trees with sticks. But the music was ominous. That's true. And Willow did shout something, like, I hate you now, or something. Yeah. So that, I'm sure that'll be the, the thing. Right. Um, yeah, I don't love the ominous music. I think it would have been more interesting if they played it as, like, a cathartic moment of friendship with happy music, and then it turns out to be a bad thing, but I guess they have to foreshadow things. Yeah. Like, that would be more of a twist. Like, wait, they're fun park thing, but... Anyway, that's about it. Um, the There was just... I guess it all... Except for the teenagers, everything mostly tied into the custody battle. Just hearing Julian and Brooklyn talk about it was... A, very different perspective, which was good. There's been a lot of just Chase and Willow and Michael and Sasha going back and forth in, in different permutations. Um, getting Carly in the mix is good. Even Nell in the mix, like, she didn't very she didn't do much that was very evil, or um, but she was, like, kind of goading Michael. Um, and I got to see a little bit of angry Michael, which I liked, yes. I liked quite a bit. I was like, damn, Michael, when she said... Um Something like, oh, like, do you think you're better than me? And he was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I do. And I have to be for, like, Wiley's sake. And I was like, all right. All right, buddy. That was good. I, that That's was good a good stuff. line. And I liked, like, when she was like, what, do you want to, like, strip away my DNA from Wiley? And he was like, I would if I could do that. <laughs> so he was very sassy with her, which was good. It was, good, it was nice. It was, it was kind of satisfying. Yeah. I felt bad for him, though, because then with Willow, he was like, he was feeling guilty that he, like, lost his temper with her. Yeah. But Willow was like, you're not in court. No one's watching. It's okay. But someone's apparently spying on them. Yeah. So who knows? Um, well, I'm glad there wasn't too much 
totally, totally uh, out of left field stuff. Like if we'd gone back to Peter or what else is happening in this world um, that's dramatic? Liesl? Oh, if, we, if we'd gone back to any of those storylines, I would have just been like, can't compute, but we kind of stayed around the same, same couple circles. So I really liked it. It was, um, I saw Portia again. I saw, I want to see Elizabeth have her own stories because she was Yeah, just, you haven't seen Liz do anything interesting. No, no, no. She just talked about Nicholas's story with him early on. She's talking about, she's supporting Portia. I like seeing women supporting women in the workplace and she's like supporting her son in therapy, but like, I, I don't know anything about her. She hasn't had a scene with Franco. Thank God. It, it, they make, like, it just, he makes me gag. Like, I, I hate having to see them together. Yeah. If I wasn't watching it with you, well, I mean, we they haven't even come up, but if I wasn't watching it with you, I normally, like, skip past their scenes together because I find him so nauseating, mm-hmm. um, personally. But um, I, I do like Liz, which is can mostly be attributed to the actress, Rebecca Herbst, who's fantastic mm-hmm. um, and has been on the show, I think I've said, for something like, 20 plus years I mean she's been on the show for a really long time mm-hmm. like consistently and she's fantastic so um you know I think sometimes she's more front burner and sometimes she gets a little bit of a break and she's there more as a support mm-hmm. uh, to some of the other characters but she's definitely like a significant part of the show mm-hmm. overall the only storyline I wish we had kept following or was Valentina and Lulu. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'm okay taking a break from that for a minute because I got very emotionally invested very quickly. Um, so, yeah. Um, favorite character? Least favorite character? Okay. I guess my least favorite character... It's going to be a tie between Brando and Dustin because they were so boring. Dustin wasn't in it that much, but Brando was just... It's kind of like his scene with Sam, but the other way around. Sonny was like, here's a thing. Cool, see you later. And Brando just kept repeating the same thoughts over and over again in different ways. He was like, Brando, you're better than this. Um, So he, I was just bored to tears every time he was on screen. He might have said something interesting at one point, but I couldn't process it. Like, I think someone referenced he saved Carly's life, but I couldn't even... My brain was just so bored. Um, Dustin, I'll has nothing interesting to do. So I'll, I'll say Brando's officially the least, least favorite in this episode because he was very, very repetitive. Um, and, uh, and Carly won it hands down. Her stuff, everything with Sasha was so good. Um, if I re if I ever rewatch episodes, which I don't, I would rewatch her stuff with Sasha because I, I think I'm right in terms of like that character motivation. I think she came in guns blazing but had this suspicion or had this thought in the back of her mind and was like, wanted to see how Sasha would react. And if, if Sasha really did cheat on Michael, it would have been a cat fight. It would have been this like very elevated soap thing, but everything Sasha said confirmed for Carly what she was thinking. Cause I bet some, something in her trusted Sasha. Cause she was, it, she, when she, when like she realized it, she was, when she said it, she kind of had this look in her eye like she knew it. I might be reading way too much into this, but that's how I'm reading that moment. Okay. I loved it. I love Carly. It was great. I love Carly, too. I really liked that that, that happened um, and that she saw through it. Mm-hmm. Carly's the best. Yes. All right. Well, yay, Carly. End of episode.
What timing? You can find Generally Not at a Hospital almost anywhere you listen to podcasts and on Tumblr and Twitter under the name GH Musings. Come say hi. The thing that surprised me the most was when it cut to the hospital scene, I was like, oh, there's a hospital, there's an actual hospital in this, which sounds dumb, <laughs> but I'd never thought about what the title was for.